0: you just tuned in the top five by Zoe the admirer of airtight flows minor chord progressions and intricate bass lines this podcast is for my new listeners and prisoners and the jealous rat cats that prefer dissing us. the ogs that know me um my music lovers and the goats who I call my listeners and most importantly whoever you are wherever you are on your musical journey um. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I am super hyped for this episode because it is basically the reunion of all reunions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should have had the grill ready. We should have fucking okay. had some be- playing before I let go. <laughs> um, Had a 40 ounce. Had somebody yes. flipping some burgers. No,
1: I have never... Had malt liquor in my life. Me neither.
0: Oh. I don't even like beer. So. Yeah,
1: we missed the Billy D. Williams influence era. <laughs> Fortunately.
0: <laughs> oh my God. This is someone who is my top five. Um, Thank you. Marcus Aloysius Allen, <laughs> <laughs> the giver of my Too moniker, much. the No Name of exactly. B- podcast.
1: Yes, yes. Among many.
0: Welcome, my dear. Thank you. I am
1: honored. You know how um, you break up with someone and, you know, you're like a single mother and you're struggling and they have found this supermodel wife and they have, you know, a Bentley and a house, <laughs> what? all these things. Who is this? Zoe and I used to record in <laughs> a Mustang in Brownsville Yeah. with ambulances riding past there were so, so many. like it was, you were- <laughs> it was so many, so many things. So to be here in the studio, and they brought us through all of these corridors. It's like wood <laughs> paneling in here. It's it's a next level, and I feel like the ex. I feel like the ex, but I'm Cut very proud. Out. I'm proud. No, this is great. You got to move up. It would be different <laughs> if we were doing this, and then you went to the Mustang, then I would kind of feel bad. But you actually, <laughs> you, you moved up like the Jefferson. So. I know I'm trying to be like Wheezy. you. Thank you. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. This whole episode is just going to be me laughing. So silly. Um I think that one of the themes in Top 5 is that I emphasize is how music brings people together and I think we should start with how me and Mark met and I mean, I'll let Mark tell the majority of the story. Yeah, but sure. yeah, like
1: we could get into how literally our bond was over music. Yeah, <laughs> this this is a fact. So, I mean, those of you who followed PMTA, um, the three people who did—cut <laughs> it <laughs> no, out. No, those of you who were our fans, you are aware of um, our background. We used to work at a hotel. And at the front desk,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they gave us the reins over the ox, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, we were the best uh, DJs Basically, at the hotel. Literally. And just her playlists were like kind of. This girl knows her music. She knows what she's doing. This has something that I will listen to. It's not like our other coworkers to where it's like, do you mind if I put on, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you got to, hmm, this is good. Do you mind if next we play this? Oh, um, so she always had good music. I always had good music because that's just how I am. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so no seriously. Um, we talked about literally at that front desk, four years ago five years ago mm-hmm. wow about um starting a podcast and then we did so a couple years later and mm-hmm. so brought it to fruition yes yeah, shout yeah. outs to
0: lee and lauren for shout like putting to... us on
1: the same shifts knowing we was cutting the fuck up yeah all
0: the time <laughs> and they it were even joining the conversation oh like, yeah it was great um but yeah i i wanted like and like you said like even recognizing in each other like having that ear yeah i think that was beside It branched out into everything else in our life in terms of like our friendship and him being one of my closest friends now absolutely earth
1: signs unite (laughs) yes
0: yes capricorn and virgos Yes, for those who don't know um so mark like even just being a person like it's not like i don't always have artists on the show so that's um a good thing we're introducing that into episode 5. Um what how did you grow up? Like what music did you grow up around? Like what was your first exposure to music?
1: Yeah, I think I grew up like a lot of young black boys in western Pennsylvania. My first exposure to music. A lot of black music, boys didn't grow up in western Pennsylvania. But uh, that <laughs> is not a fact. I mean, maybe it is, you know. When you're comparing it to New kidding. York City, um, but yeah, I grew up like a lot of black young black boys whose families are from the South, mm-hmm. and so um, my, first ex- my first exposure to music was church gospel music. I grew up in church. I grew up around singing. My entire family sings at every function, Same. at everything, Same. regardless of what it is. Um, and of course, my mother, being a you know a child of the '70s and the '80s. Mm-hmm one of that first generation to really embrace hip-hop introduced me to hip-hop and rap music um, as well as funk music and I heard a mix of everything around the house during the weekday and then of course on Sunday it was all gospel. So yeah, Yeah, that's similar to my house and
0: literally I just feel like even growing up in that environment it makes you more prone to being a hip-hop head I guess in a way. And love R and B and all
1: know, that I stuff. I was gonna say I can't claim that title. I think that is yours. I think the people know that you are the hip hop head. Um but I I knew it growing up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what were um some artists that you were exposed to growing up that may like stick out in your mind now
1: as being like cultivating what I your mean, ear is like and That's a great question, I taste. mean. Vanessa Bell Armstrong, um, Daryl Coley, Michelle mm-hmm. Teddy Pendergrass, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Um... So many Stevie Wonder.
0: Mark is so young, but if you like listen to the music that he listens to on a daily basis, you would think he's sixty-four. You
1: know, I mean, I think we both agree that the seventies literally is the greatest decade in music history. No, I absolutely agree. Um, so I do listen to a lot of things from the seventies, but growing up, I did. I heard a lot of things from the seventies as well. I mean, but it was also a great time for hip hop and R and B. So of course, I heard Joe growing up, and of course, I heard Mary J Blige. What's the four one one and escaped, etc. Mark loves escape. I do. <laughs> I absolutely
0: do. Um, I think Mark is one of the people who, um, speaking of R and B, feels like he's the one. One of the people that I talk to that feel like we shouldn't sample <laughs>
1: '90s R B You know, it, it's so weird because growing up. I had no idea that all of these songs I was hearing were sampling songs from the 70s, Mm -hmm. because I I wasn't there, right? Mm -hmm. But having grown up in the 90s to hear people sampling Brownstone or to hear people sampling Aliyah or to hear people singing or covering C.C. Peniston is so <laughs> weird to me because I'm like, this happened yesterday. <laughs> I, I still am one of those people who feel like the 90s are 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, even though now it's almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is too new. And then also it was a different time, mm-hmm. right? You have the 90s, you have the 70s, the 60s, 20s on your phone, There's no need, especially for someone like me, as you just mentioned. I listen to older music every day. If I'm listening to Brownstone three times a week, I don't need you to sample them in 2019. But do you think,
0: but that's, I think the good part of it is that they get their, um, a little bit of royalties from that, um, from those samples sure. and bring it to the forefront of people who don't necessarily know brownstone like they yeah, know the fair. song the
1: brownstone song because yeah. of Tory lane's now which i mean that just that just crushes my soul <laughs> and it, you know i i really do feel like i'm at that at that age where you you grew up and you heard your parents saying you know this is from A certain artist like Mm -hmm. you don't you don't even know what this is or like James Brown you know like this is a James Brown sample and you were like but it's hot right now yeah I am now that person I am the get off my lawn person of (laughs) R&B and hip-hop I really am like don't sample this don't cover this Um, there are times where it's done well Mm -hmm. there are times where people literally just remade the song and added nothing to it. Um, yeah. I mean, but that is music. It, it has always been that way. I mean, mm-hmm. at one time in music, four or five different people was making the same exact song at the same exact time. So I guess it is different in that way that people at least wait two years <laughs> to sample something. Mark is so dramatic. I am. <laughs> I think... Um, so charm. do you
0: do feel like there's some songs that are off off-limits in terms of sampling and like remixing and covering?
1: I do. I mean, you know, my biggest qualm uh, was the whole Rihanna and DJ Khaled um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) sampling
1: of Carlos (laughs) Santana, which, I mean, obviously, Carlos Santana is a genius of all geniuses, um, but I just felt like it wasn't even 20 years, right, that they... that they waited to sample that song like it had literally been what 18 years 17 years and they sampled the song and i'm like okay you could have waited at least 20 (laughs) that i think that's my limit 20 years give it 20
0: well i mean that's 18 is close to 20 and if you think about it early 90s r&b was sampling 70s music which it wasn't even barely 20 years old it just turned 20 years old
1: Again, we didn't have the access to that music every day, right? Mm -hmm. So on the radio. So you think it's
0: the access versus the actual knowledge of the record and waiting and making it. I think so. Like there
1: was no YouTube, there was no iTunes, there was no. If you wanted all of these records, you literally had to have all of these literal records. Mm -hmm. You had to go get it. Actual vinyl records or an eight track or something from that time, which most people didn't have in the early 90s. I didn't, mm-hmm. and people weren't playing it on the radio because there was newer music, so that exposure to it was completely different. For someone like myself, and for you, I'm sure you heard Maria Maria growing up, to not, and when you heard the, the sample, you knew exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some obscure sample, right? Right. So, I mean, Kanye, To give an example, he does it in a a completely different way. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I heard uh, Through the Wire, Mm -hmm. I knew exactly the sample, but it was completely Mm. different to me. Not, mean, even like, Not even that it was pitched. Not even that it was pitched. But yeah, I mean, he he does it in a way where you know the sample, but it's like, oh, this is a great take on the sample. Mm-hmm. I really did feel like it was the same exact song. Right, the interpretation so of it. So much so when people would play it, I would be hesitant to do anything because I felt like, is this the song I love, <laughs> or is this the song that y'all playing with? <laughs> and, and am I lying? Like you would know. And and when they would when it would happen at parties. People would play the Carlos Santana, mm-hmm. and you knew it was coming mm-hmm. that they were gonna play the, the DJ Khaled, and that's annoying. I to think me. that's lazy too.
0: I don't necessarily want you to go from the older song, the sample of the song, into the regular song, and I, f- I understand why, and it's an easy transition, right. but on DJ's part, that's kind of lazy. The
1: first 10 times, okay. Yeah, like, ooh, but we that knew. was the entire summer. Ooh. Like it was, it was so annoying.
0: Play by Carlos
1: <laughs> Santana. <laughs> Another one, right? And then, <laughs> like it would happen so seamlessly, yeah. To where you'd be like, okay, we knew this was happening, and I, I really did get tired of it. And I'm, but I'm glad. I hope a younger generation was introduced to Carlos Santana and went back Mm -hmm. and listened to the span of his discography and was just blessed by it. Mm -hmm. Um, Save his comments about Beyonce that were unwarranted and unfounded. But, you know, the music. Let's focus on the music. I hope they did learn it.
0: Um, So even speaking of that, like, just focusing on the music, like, do you feel like... It's important for us to a um separate the art from the person, b um be like enjoy the whole person. Like what's your take on that? Not specifically getting into pop culture issues cuz we don't do that here, sure. but more of like do you feel like there can be a separation of art from the music or
1: do you think the this the person that is all encompassing. I really don't think there can be a separation. I think the artist is his or her art. Um, I think they bring the full of themselves to that art, and especially in a time where we're, we have access to information. So, um, say for example, being being a, being a fan of James Brown in the seventies and not knowing his women beating habits, or David Ruffin's terrible habits. Um, Of course you could just listen to their music, but we have such access to information Mm -hmm. to where if you are willfully ignoring this person's abusive or toxic behaviors, you're a party to that. You are complicit in that continuing to happen. And so um, it is very much part of their art and you can't really how do you separate it? It's not this person is not providing a service. It's not your accountant, you know, that you're just going to him to fulfill your accounting duties, or your doctor and mm-hmm. disregarding what they do at home because you have to. This is the full of that person in every part of themselves, um, and so I don't think there's a way to disregard it, yeah, consciously. I agree. And morally,
0: yeah, I think even especially um, in terms of the. Um, egregiousness of certain um, actions that are taken as the person it kind of it's all the same like you know what I'm saying like I don't think there's anybody's catalog I don't care like how great you are that can dismiss certain actions and certain um I don't know how to say like the way that you carry yourself in your personal life because at the the mic cut off <laughs> because certain um,
1: Michelle Williams. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> did you just call me Michelle? <laughs> I'm just saying they was cutting your mic off like
0: I know, they do, michelle I like, yes, 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 yes. No, no, I agree with you. No, I'm I, I just basically don't feel like I don't think there's anybody's catalog, and I, I don't care how great your music is, if you're a trash person that doesn't delete how we feel like and that doesn't delete how bad of a person you are period like and i don't think that we should always condone or enable
1: people just because of how great their music is well yeah i mean it's it's so much to that so people will give passes to people Mm -hmm. based on um their their privileges their access to privilege so Mm um men of course, mm-hmm. always get a pass in music being the trash. The most, the most. Um, whereas women have a much harder time in mm-hmm. music being trash. So when Brandy lied about being pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing. Or when, when Britney Spears cheated on Justin Timberlake, that was like an unforgivable mm-hmm. moment or thing or got pregnant by Kevin Federline. It was mm-hmm. just like, how could you even do this? Versus, uh, you know so many people Chris Brown beating up Rihanna Mm -hmm. people forgave him instantly yeah it seemed like it was instantly um, and to this day we'll still defend him Mm -hmm. regardless of what happened so I mean it depends on who you are um, and and of course let's not even talk about white artists ability to recover immediately regardless of controversy at (laughs) like these people like
0: and not yes to make it a race thing and not to make it a race thing at the same time but um, I think that the absolution or absolving of white artists always ends up being, like, instantaneous versus the black artists. And even, like you said, it's always a level. It's like, the white artist, then the black man, then black women. It's just sure. hard to forgive. like light black women.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a thing. I mean, the the systems mm-hmm. of society... That that enable us to make more money, or that enable us to get jobs, or enable us to pass for certain things, they go into um, into music because that is part mm-hmm. of society. So, for example, someone being gay. Right, mm-hmm. that's a rapper that's gonna be an immediate
0: it has it's happened, yeah. It's like
1: <laughs> it's we happened. are completely disassociating ourselves from you, absolutely, unless you're Frank Ocean, of course. And, and even
0: still, that's And our... even then, exactly. But y'all like, it's, still it's be...
1: not the same, right? <laughs> yeah, but if you are a rapist, mm-hmm. if you are a woman beater, if you are anything, a thief, it doesn't matter, hip hop is going to wrap its Isn't arms around you and they are going to uphold you regardless of that. So, I mean, it really, those systems carry into music the same way that they would any other job or any other atmosphere.
0: Do you think, um, I think that one of the um, pertinent things that we have to address in hip-hop currently and R&B, I think R&B specifically, um is colorism. Do you feel like with R&B there is a certain colorism specifically with black women that's been um perpetuated throughout the years that we don't address as much.
1: I I think this this goes back to that point. Any any anything that we ostracize in regular society is going to be, you know, ostracized in music. So R and B, of course, suffers from colorism just as pop music does. Um, but in hip hop, it's 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 not devoid of that. I mean, they still are going to uphold women who are prettier, who are um, smaller in frame. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. A big rapper is not going to be as successful as Lil Kim mm-hmm. or Cardi B. You know, like the yeah. smaller the smaller women. So if if a woman is not your standard ideal of beauty. She's not going to be as successful as those beautiful women who have pioneered rap. Um, um, Missy Elliott is kind of an anomaly in that way. Mm-hmm. But Shout out to her. Shout out to Song Missy. But she was still cool very thing. pretty. Yep. She's still very pretty. Mm-hmm. So an ugly woman is not going to be successful in rap. That's True. just the fact. But yes, colorism in, in R&B, colorism in music is a thing, mm-hmm. um, will always be a thing until we can reconcile that in society. So the, the same people who listen to music are the same people who will say, I don't want to date a dark-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we can't separate those two. It doesn't, again, you can't disregard a whole person because that person's life exists beyond music, mm-hmm. and our as consumers, our lives exist beyond our consumption of music. So we're not going to say, "I only like light-skinned women in the bedroom," mm-hmm. but I will. I will completely be a fan of a dark-skinned woman on the radio. That's just not how it's going to work. <laughs> we carry our whole selves into our consumptions of art, yep. and so that's that's going to be an issue until we can reconcile it in our personal lives. I like Mark. I like the <laughs> convo we have in right now. Like <laughs> Thank you. What? Tell tell everybody else.
0: But to switch gears a little bit, um, it's been a big topic on the internet about um, goats and hip hop. Yes, the greatest of all time. I mean, not saying that that's never that's not always the convo. Right. But um, recently, J. Cole dropped his middle child single. Yes. Um, you had a chance to listen to it. I did. It's kind of unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is, I mean, especially
0: Cole High. Yeah,
1: I did listen to it. I thought the um, the content of it was real, mm-hmm. that it was real. Um, the messaging of him being kind of in that purgatory of of being legendary, of being the Jay-Z versus the, the 21 Savage or the Kodak Um who are still sort of up and coming at that, that was Mm -hmm. a real discussion to have. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people do consider J. Cole to be this... I mean, he's been in the game, what, 10 years now? Mm -hmm. Big Um, bro and little bro at the same time. Exactly. So they they see him as that, of being that middle, of being on the Kendrick level, the trajectory, the the Drake trajectory, that people who have made their mark enough to not be considered novices, Mm -hmm. but they're also not... Big Daddy Kane either right Right. so I think it was it was a real conversation I hadn't heard that conversation before Mm. Um, of course we always hear people say I am the goat Mm -hmm. which you're supposed to say right if you're a Mm -hmm. rapper if you come out as a rapper and you're like I'm not that good then you're not that good (laughs) right So you're supposed to say yeah, that I, we don't. We don't. Exactly. want to trust like, in
0: you if you just saying I'm like okay. I'm okay. Yeah,
1: like what? I'm all right. I'm alright. Exactly. <laughs> it's like okay, this person is trash. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it was. It was good. It was a good conversation to have.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I kept seeing this um, tweet being retweeted. Um, it says, "quote." J Cole is the greatest rapper of our generation, period. Y'all can say Kendrick, Kendrick is a great lyricist, but J Cole makes better music. You can say Drake, Drake makes great music, but Cole is a better lyricist. And shorty said at me I have time. I didn't. She at her. got
1: too um, much time. Like yeah. I just <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of time. I just What I don't think people understand generations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The, what, I'm so glad you brought this up. What is of
1: our generation? Like, what? It,
0: I think that people don't necessarily know the technical definition. You know, like people think if one <laughs> 1993 is a generation. Yeah, like, you know what, like, what I'm saying? Like, okay, if I was born in 1993, like, huh?
1: Um, that's I, really weird. Unless that person is 10 years old, I just think that that is very. <laughs> that's a very weird statement to make when there are so many. Legendary people in hip hop right now, yeah, still in this generation. And so, like,
0: and so, greater. how do you think? So, where do you think it, the generation spans in terms of hip hop right now? Like, you would say Jay Z is, um, is our generation. Absolutely, you would say um Busta Rhymes is our generation. Absolutely, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that people don't have the idea that generation is, but I think. It's a difference between peer and generation. Like, our peers, amongst our peers,
1: J. Cole would technically be our peer. Sure. And, I mean, there's a difference between generation and era, too, right? Yes. Er- Obviously, Jay-Z the- and, and Busta are of a different era. Hey. But it's still, genera- <laughs> still our generation. So it's just weird to hear someone making this claim. And then to also go as far as to say Kendrick's music is trash, drake's music is good but his lyrics are trash like that's just completely wild to say and 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 people were perpetuating this i
0: was literally looking at my phone like and people i respect their music opinion were retreat we this and i was like well if we even all right just to break it apart to to say like we just disclaim the generation part To say that Kendrick doesn't make as great music when his whole damn album what we couldn't not hear it for the last two years and even Black Panther. like that's a that even bringing all those artists together to whole have a whole movie soundtrack that's in the essence of our hip hop culture. Sure. I you can't even say that. Drake. Is also a great lyricist, so like, and he's been proving that for the last ten years. So, I mean, the comparison is a
1: bit of a fail. (laughs) I think it really is. And you and I kind of had like a a prequel to this Mm -hmm. when we were talking about this this idea of opinion being factual, right? This idea of a subjective feeling being something that you can back up with facts. Yeah, And it's, in J. Cole's instance, he's good. He really is good. All of the people named are good. Mm-hmm. But you can't back this up with facts, right? Yeah. It's, and I... that's kind of annoying. To to make such a big, bold claim, and this person is not 10 years old, and then to be like, <laughs> I have time to argue about this. Like, that that's really what it comes down to. People just want to argue. Uh,
0: yeah. And it's annoying.
1: Don't argue, just like what you like. And go to sleep. <laughs> I think there's a, um, a
0: a thing about the grace of all time where it's there's a line of subjectivity and consensus. Like right. we, yes, we can have our personal opinion. Like okay, I like Cole better than Drake, or I like Cole better than Kendrick. But there has to there has to be a overall think and conversation and agreements that we Absolutely. all feel this way. So yeah. I don't think that we have to exclude Co- Kendrick because we want Cole to be the gr- like, there can be more than so one weird. greatest of all time. Like that. <laughs> so why weird. does that have to be like, that's, hence oh, top five, the right? yes, top five. Like you can have more than one person that's your favorite. Yep. And that's one thing that I want to perpetuate in this podcast. And it's a constant theme. Like, um, I think also like everybody has a phone so right. it just makes like you can make bold claims like this and they can go viral yeah. and everybody can like without actually breaking down the thought they can be like oh yeah like yes
1: why I agree with that there is no critical thought um yes. people don't even think before they tweet right no. like or or wherever they have a platform it's just <laughs> blurting things out <laughs> um it it really does become annoying because it devalues speech it Mm -hmm. devalues when you actually have a point to make because people are always saying trash on the internet when someone actually comes up with something that is substantive that has facts behind it and Mm -hmm. research behind it that is a historian of this particular music or art it's it's disregarded as the same blurting out or trash when in reality this is a well-studied opinion yes this has data to back it up and you're like this is this is just your opinion it's like this is my opinion yes. but this is based on research and literally quantitative data showing that <laughs> this happened data. no i'm just saying no like, I agree, this is like percent. i i literally set and i tallied the number of times this person You know, was able to do this Mm -hmm. or was able to accomplish this or even lyrically what they said and what it meant and how that worked within the confines of poetry as an art. Like, it's just like this is this is art. And I'm telling you this based on decades of research in history and Mm -hmm. what categorizes rap music or hip hop music or poetry or whatever. I'm telling you this based on someone who has actually done the work. You're telling me this based on the feeling you had after listening to To 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Like, that's just really annoying.
0: And I think that goes into my critique of J. Cole fans. Let me be very clear because you have to be clear in in saying things like you just said. Yes. I am a huge J. Cole fan. Like, Mark knows we were just listening to J. Cole on our way That's to the true. studio. Yes. Um, I've been to countless J. Cole <laughs> shows. I love Dreamville to the death. Fact. I'm a I'm huge fan of Boss. Like, this does, goes unsaid. My problem is not with J. Cole. It is with his fans. I think sometimes, and some of my best friends are huge J. Cole fans. And I may or may not be talking about y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah. Games. Um I think the biggest critique I have of J. Cole fans like Dollar in a Dream people. I don't <laughs> even know what you guys call yourselves. Cole world I just have a problem with the just impulsive um claims that you guys make every time that J. Cole dropped something because not too long ago with the when it was For Your Eyes Only, which admittedly times. was critically not on the bigger scale of J. Cole projects. Sure. Everybody was like, Oh, J. Cole like this album is kinda sleepy. Granted, it was a little sleepy. There wasn't that much drums and what it was produced by Cole. yes like we can critique goats like do you feel like we can critique like we have the ability to critique people as an artist that
1: we put in these high categories and absolutely especially when they are so for me i don't consider j cole i I do consider him to be middle child status Mm -hmm. i don't consider j cole to be this goat level right mm. so for me absolutely critique them so they can get to that level yeah. now if someone was out here critiquing um barb streisand now i might have a problem right you know what i mean like i just feel <laughs> like really there was a, from i'm just streisand. saying i'm just saying okay that was a little random but barb. i just feel like they're okay when there's a goat and they've already proven their worth of course they they become a little off limits right mm-hmm. when you are a middle child. Yes, you can be critiqued. When you are the youngest sibling, absolutely. Like, I don't see J. Cole as being off limits from criticism mm-hmm. because he literally just got here. Yeah. To me.
0: And, like, what are our, like, um, what are the factors, the checkboxes that we list for someone who's a GOAT? Like, I would say your catalog. Like, if we think about J. Cole's catalog, we have... The mixtape Friday Night Lights. We have, um, what's the one with the, with the crown on it? Like, um, oh yeah, with that the little black yeah sticker. yeah yeah. yeah. I'm, I can't even think Illuminati. of it. With Illuminati. Why I can't think yeah. of the album title. But, I can't either. I'm trash. But yeah, 2014 <laughs> Four Till Draws For Your Eyes Only K.O.D. Like, I feel like Cole just got into his groove in terms of making great albums, and his his first album and his sophomore album were amazing projects but i don't think that i think it's an anomaly that certain that artists can be great on every album like it, yeah. jay-z has 11 albums <laughs> like we not hailing all of them as top five you know what i'm saying 13 albums no but i'm i'm saying i'm sorry not specifically <laughs> to say that he has 14, 11 sorry, yes sorry I'm not specifically saying that he had that number, but yep. I'm just saying, like, if we're just talking about his solo projects, everything sure. can't be upper echelon. It can't unless you're Beyonce, but that's
1: everybody's <laughs> not Beyonce, right? Okay. So. For those who don't know,
0: Mark <laughs> is the, the cap
1: El Capitan of the beehive. I'm by the really way. not. I just speak truth. And <laughs> I just think that that's, that's the truth. Um, no, I mean, Beyonce's had her, her duds too. Um, You just can't. Everybody can't be great, right? It's not a reality. Um, Yeah, I think I agree with you that, you know, catalog is important. I think also um, proven time Mm -hmm. in the game Mm -hmm. is, you know, GOAT level. You can't just release this one great album either. Um, And this is not, to be clear, this is not a dig at Lauryn Hill whatsoever because I do consider her a GOAT, Mm -hmm. right? But... You have to have spent time, or even that catalog mm-hmm. has had to spend time in the industry as being heralded as something that is timeless, that exactly. is incredible, that is um, incomparable. No one else has done it. No one else that has done it um, did it before you, mm-hmm. right? It was it was new. It was unique. And I think those, those qualities, um, both catalog and time, have to be proven before you can even have a discussion about being the
0: goat and i think cole knows that like and i think that that's the interesting part about it is that um and what i love about him is that he's very aware of what like since from the beginning like you can hear him talk about like he's um a stream of consciousness type of rapper like he will tell you where he thinks he is in the game versus projecting what he is, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some rappers be like, yo, I got this, I got that. Like, he's like, yo. Like, there's so many songs where you can, like, J. Cole's like, nigga, I just was broke last year. Like, I had student loans. I just took, like, you know, like, he's literally that type of guy. <laughs> you feel like, what rapper is talking about their student loans? It's only J. Cole. But um I think he's relatable in that way. And um I just feel like maybe... Cole fans should just take it down a second like we I I think and when did y'all care
1: about lyrics like I just want to just bring that up really quick well I mean I think there is sorry to cut you off by the Mm -hmm. way were you finished with that thought
0: I mean I just wanted to know when when, how come why we since when are we being like in this generation of J. J. Cole is a better better lyricist (laughs) and even so like you discounting Kendrick as lyricism and Half I?
1: I just don't. I don't know. I think there is a desire amongst people whose favorite artist doesn't get the recognition that mm, someone else the in the underdog. industry is getting. Right. So with Kendrick and with Drake, obviously they are not only regarded within the culture, but the acclaim outside of the culture with Grammys, with VMAs, with things mm-hmm. of that nature. They get that recognition that J. Cole is not seeing. Obviously, Kendrick has been. Album of the year nominated every time mm-hmm. for every project, <laughs> including Black Panther, which is kind of weird. Yeah, um, that he's just—I mean, he's like the Stevie Wonder of rap at this point, right? He really is. So, it, I mean, he hasn't won to be but, clear, n- but right. yes, We're- but he is—he is regarded within the industry as being um, this very high quality level. Mm-hmm. Drake the same way, and obviously, his pop music helps in that way. But yeah, I think when when your artist is not up there, when they're not getting this recognition and this attention, there is a need to inflate their 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 um, contribution to the culture. And I see that we see this in R&B all the time um, with Brandy fans who, I mean, they really do think that she is the only person to ever make R&B music. Oh my! And just list you know facts from. 20 years ago and 30 years ago and just everything that she's done and all of her music even is if so it's wrong. great. And it's, even if it has typos. <laughs> even if it has typos. and it's, Exactly, exactly. And so it's just like, Brandy's the best streaming artist of all time or like this is the best album. So it really, I think there is a feeling that if your artist does have skills and J. Uh, J. Cole and Brandy both do, but they don't get the recognition that these other artists do. Mm-hmm. And so... I think people inflate those those feelings because mm-hmm. um, they're really passionate about it and they want to see them on that level. And I think they will get there. Um, but I think both of those artists are honest with themselves enough to know, as, as we've seen with Middle Child, um, to know, I'm not exactly there, mm-hmm. but I am worthy of being there and I'm working to get there.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so... You know, this is the favorite part of the podcast. Oh yeah. When we ask our guest, you know, who is who do you consider to be your top five favorite goats?
1: Yeah, so in um, hip hop. In hip hop, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I know Mark was about to go to Pramps. He was gonna go I to wasn't. Rita. I mean I would. Um, Who no, I, I figured this was hip-hop You said Nippy? <laughs> <laughs> yes um, Obviously, I love Hove uh, I love Biggie um, I'm a huge Busta fan, mm-hmm. as you know Yeah, you guys huge. have
0: no idea how much of a big fan that Mark is of Busta Rhymes
1: um, I love Lauryn Hill I mm-hmm. I think Lauryn Hill is phenomenal um, And uh, Three Stacks uh, and today, yeah Three Stacks You know That's like my heart I'm
0: trying to think Has anybody on the show Mentioned Three Stacks if, if they if haven't I, We have to they cancel haven't. the
1: show Sorry I'm
0: concerned
1: Who, I need to Whoever fired Roseanne We gotta bring him in to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta cancel this show Cause this is unacceptable Don't
0: cancel my show <laughs> Cancel them <laughs> okay. Alright You get a pass No um, And what about
1: these artists Make them the goats to you Great question. Um, I think with with Jay Z in particular, I am always fascinated. Obviously, there is the the obvious of off the dome, right? I don't Mm -hmm. write anything with a paper and a pen um, type level of genius. But I just I'm fascinated with his ability to play on words. His consistency with his brand, mm-hmm. his story as as being coming from Marcy Projects and selling crack, even saying that Lexus, the other day, you you know know I mean? he's like, like yeah, literally like, I'm, yeah, I'm from Marcy Projects, exactly. And like, his brand has remained consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am very impressed with his um, the coolness of his delivery. It's just very very relaxed, very cool, and it still punches so hard yeah um yeah. and i think that's that's why i punch because it's just like 21 because i'm a savage nigga you know what it is yeah. like this, this is what it is um yeah I, I i love him for that reason um with biggie i think he was one of the first um rappers that i remember really saying wow this is like this is good stuff i mm-hmm. mean not, not saying that the people i heard before weren't good but mm-hmm. Up until that point, up until the mid-90s, the rap I heard was just, this is my mom's music that she's listening to. True, true. The Fat Boys and Heavy D. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love Heavy though, but anyway. This is good. Yeah. Um, But I really felt like Biggie was one of the first rappers that I connected with um, as making music that was really, really impressive um and the and the culture that he was speaking of here in, in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn was something I was completely taken by yeah give me the loot and uh, who shot you and all these things yes. I was just like this is some crazy shit that this man yeah. is talking about yeah on this record and I was completely taken by it and of course I mean his delivery as as Jay-Z has been inspired by him mm-hmm. was just very very uh alluring to me and mm-hmm. very winsome to me and I was just like
0: that's a pun you don't even know is a pun
1: yeah. And J.D. lore. Anyway, exactly, exactly. You're right. You're right. No, I got it. Um, <laughs>
0: line on duct tape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, my God. I'm surprised we didn't talk about the barbs this episode. I know. I'm, for a good reason. Um,
1: <laughs> with Ms. Lauren Hill, I, I really do. I mean, you know how many times we have played um, – I'm getting my my lyrics mixed up, but um, I mean, miseducation in general. Mm-hmm. We've played it so many times and just dissected the level yes. of lyricism that I really do feel is uncredited because it was a, a a single album. I mean, people can obviously go back to the Fuji's two albums, mm-hmm. um, and really understand what Lauren Hill was contributing to that group. But just in general, she is one of my all time favorite. Um, rappers, lyricists, producers, incredible all-around artists, mm-hmm. um, and so she she's goat level to me until the end of time. Like, I, I really don't see anyone taking her spot, and I, I'm always there defending Lauren Hill as not just a female rapper, but as a rapper who has truly contributed something to the culture, mm-hmm. um, and I mean... I don't even have to get into Three Stacks. You already know I have for years stated why Three Stacks is the GOAT. Um, And Busta Rhymes, it goes back to that time thing. I feel like Busta to be 25-plus years out here, more than that, way more than that, almost 30 years Mm -hmm. out here truly being— When I heard him on the Bubbling remix— I was just like, this man is insane, and it's been thirty years. Yeah, yep. He's still insane. Yeah. I mean, despite the rapid fire flow, he's just really that great. And
0: I don't even—he's amazing. Yeah. I don't even—in fact—and and it's still amazing.
1: Yeah. Like, cause you know, like as someone who has gained weight, like just being able to breathe <laughs> is a oh my god! It really is. I a swear win. to God. <laughs> but this nigga, I mean,
0: I don't even think he breathed. Did he breathe? No. He didn't take a breath. Since Dungeon Dragon. I mean, <laughs> uh, scenario in 93, he hasn't taken a breath. Yo, he
1: doesn't breathe. And it's imp- it's impressive. And so, that's, that's why I love those people. I, I probably took too long. What time is it?
0: No, it's fine. Yeah. So, on that note, I'm introducing something new to this segment um. of One Gotta Go.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Ooh. Okay. Out of those goats. Oh my God! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, if oh, you ever had to, wow. to
0: eliminate one of them, oh, and you could live the rest of your life.
1: I kn- <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was okay. disrespectful. All right. Um,
0: so yeah, whole geez. biggie, Lauren, stacks, and bust,
1: bust a bust. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. Okay, I would have to, like, throw everything I've ever heard from them away? Yeah, nothing existed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everything ceased to exist. Yikes. Okay. Um, See, I didn't know. Like, you even sent me notes, and I saw one got to go, but I didn't know it was in relation to this. I know. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like, this this is quite serious. Okay. I... Okay, I am going to be destroyed online, but I'm going to have to say Biggie, and I have a good reason. Okay. Because I feel like, well, no. My reason was, I still get his lyrics and some of his delivery through Jay-Z. But if Biggie was gone, Jay-Z wouldn't have those lyrics Mm. and those, oh, man. this I is, this I is can't serious to do no this is very serious <laughs> I am going to have to say wow I am going to have to say um i'll say biggie this is this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> Explain yourself. Well, I've lived with the other people longer. Mm-hmm. I've already dealt with Biggie not being here for over 20 years, right? right so right, I've, already, right. I've already dealt with Biggie not being around. Right. Um, and I've always listened to his music in retrospect. I was a much younger person mm-hmm. listening to these songs and just growing up, feeding off of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, I've already I've already suffered that loss mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. and it's very it's still very nostalgic to me. With these people, I feel like they still have so much to offer. Still, mm-hmm. like they could come out with something new that will still pique my interest.
0: So Lauren not coming out with nothing, but what? She, <laughs>
1: <laughs> when she it's did scary. the "Nice for What" remix live incredible incredible. so like I feel like these people still have more to surprise me and more to give Mm -hmm. and if I were to remove them then I wouldn't get that Mm. so Biggie already gave me something Um, and I I am though sad comfortable with removing him from that list that's terrible so I'm crying for those of you who don't know
0: well I am so glad that you were able to get yourself through that yes yes. and i'm glad that like i like that challenge now very (laughs)
1: challenging wow now it's gonna be easier for the other people they're gonna think really hard like hmm (laughs) they're just gonna put somebody random in there and just take them out well then that would be (laughs) i'm joking it's not gonna be easy don't don't play it's not gonna be easy no it's not either way it's very hard
0: um But, yeah, I'm so grateful that you came to do the show with me. Very honored to be here, yes. And um, although your mixtape is not dropping. Not this year. (laughs) Not this year. (laughs) Oh, tell the people that where they can
1: find you. Just to hear your opinions about life and music and what you're listening to. Yes. Um, Well, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Recently. Recently. Back when it Recently night. back on Instagram, one picture, but I'm going strong. Drag her. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter. It is mxrk underscore allxn. So um, yeah, Mark Allen was taken. Obviously, That's a, <laughs> quite a common name. Um, but you can find me on. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Cash App. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on cash app I'm so mark out- on, on cash news. app no x's just so mark um send me money if you've been blessed yes yeah, receiving love offerings. Name
0: He'll can send, he can it to me
1: I will share 10% of these <laughs> earnings with Zoe I Am accepting love offerings.
0: Oh my God! I love Thank you. you. I love I'm so you glad too. you're here. Thank you. And I think that your opinion was very needed. And people don't know that you're a music savant, unless and that you are a connoisseur of all things wine and R and B.
1: Yo, <laughs> new bio alert everywhere linkedin included i'm, I'm taking it please over.
0: do put it on there let yes. the professionals know yes music um.
1: savant and connoisseur of wine and r&b <laughs> that is, that is impeccable Listen. thank you
0: he gives me a moniker i give him a bio thank so you. thank you here we are um shout out to y'all the goats for listening um my follow me on instagram and twitter as zoe underscore veranda make sure you're following top five by zoe on instagram for all updates and the show clips and yeah we'll see you guys on the next one yes you will we out